Good morning, everybody. Hello, y'all. Hello. hello. Everybody say hello. hello. <laughs> uh, today, I want to share my heart. Um, like Eric said, multiple years, uh, multiple revelations that I've taken from other people in my walk, my journey with the Lord. Tom Preble actually started this message uh, 27 years ago. And um, today, I'm honored to share my growth with you. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the seven Hebrew words for praise, and the Old Testament was mainly written in Hebrew. Um, Daniel and Ezra were written in Aramaic, but um, the New Testament was written in Greek. And so when words from one language are translated, sometimes the depth or meaning can be lost, and um, it's a lot of pressure when you're a translator to pick the right words, but um, so I'm not criticizing translators because God bless those people, but my point is that um, because we don't have an equivalent word in English, the translation is lost and the depth of the word is lost. So like for example, in Greek, they have four words for our one word of love, and you've heard of agape, eros, and phileo, and um, I love this cereal is not the same as I love my wife. See the difference? <laughs> but I do love cereal. But um, that's the same thing in Hebrew for the word for praise. Um, there are seven words, different words for our English word praise. And um, there are seven different ways that God desires us to praise him. And so when we praise him and worship him, we acknowledge our dependence on him alone, and we give him the permission and authority um, to release and move on our behalf. And so um, when we praise him, it gives us faith, and it gives um, he releases his deliverance in times of trouble in our life. And so why did I bring golf clubs? I do not play golf, okay? And I'm hoping I picked the right one. Oh, yeah, here it is. All right. This is all I know of my golf game. Putter. That's all I know. I know this big one. It's a driver. Thank you, Tom, for letting me borrow your gloves. Um, but these are the only things that I know about golf. Swing, hit really hard, get it to go really far, and hopefully you can guide it in at the last minute with this baby. Now, I could use these forever in my golf game. I could play. I could putt with this one, or I could... I've got great tools, but God gave me more tools for a golf game, and God gave, gives us more tools for worship. And some of us, I would, I'm not comfortable with using these because I don't know what they're for, but it's the same with worship. We're comfortable with where we're at, but I'm going to challenge you today um, that God has a lot of more, more tools for you to try in order for you to make the next breakthrough in your spiritual life and the next breakthrough in your worship. And so uh, that's why I want to keep these up here today because what I'm giving you today are seven tools uh, to bring your spiritual game to a new level. Okay, so the first one I want to talk about is Zamar. Everybody say Zamar. Zamar is the most familiar because we do it every week in here. Actually, the word Zamar is also used in Hebrew as the word Psalm. And so they call Psalms the book of Zamar. They don't even say Psalms. So um, let's talk about Zamar. It's 46 times in the Hebrew 
uh, in, the, in the Old Testament, to pluck the strings of an instrument, to sing a musical word with joyful expressions of music. Uh, you can sing without music, so you can, or instruments, you can sing with instruments. It's a celebration, the hymn or chorus, okay? But um, we use here at New Covenant praise and worship um, for the intimacy of our service. And God uses music to heal our souls. I mean, the world knows music is important. I worked with Alzheimer's patients for years. Your brain never forgets music. It stays with you till you go. And so God uses music. He created it um, to heal our mind, our will, and our emotions. And praise and worship also changes our expectation. Now, when you came in here, and from the time now, the atmosphere has changed because of the power of praise and worship. The Holy Spirit works in Zamar to prepare us to hear his word. Um, we, we have to go fast because I have a lot. So I won't go through all of these. But um, David knew the power of praise and worship. In this um, verse, he talks about... Um, God's teaching his fingers to war. And yes, David was a warrior. He was known as the mighty warrior. Um, but not only did he war with weapons, but he warred with his harp. And I, I don't know if he had a mandolin. I don't know what they called him back then. But um, he also fought spiritual battles. Okay, um, David also um, played the harp. And he sang to ease the soul of King Saul. And when he played, evil spirits would stop tormenting King Saul, and he experienced wholeness and a renewed mind. Isn't that amazing? So this one's my favorite. We'll move on. Um, this is a wild story in Kings. I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to tell you about it. Um, God changed the spiritual atmosphere through praise. Uh, there were three kings. They were surrounded, and they're dying. They're out in the desert. It's hot. They're out of water, and they're out of time. They know pretty much they're going to die tomorrow. But um, So they pull prophet Elisha into the mix, and they say, Elisha, what do we do? We need to hear from God right now. And Elisha said, well, you know, bring me a musician. He said, I'm not doing anything until I praise the Lord. And once he praised the Lord, and once he spent a moment and worship and changing the atmosphere of his mind and getting that garbage and all the pressure off. And he just took some time with the Lord. He got a word immediately from the Lord, and they won the battle. They did nothing. They did nothing. So you have to go back and read it. God gave Elisha a great strategy to defeat the enemy. All right, the next one is Toda. This might be, you see us do it. Everybody say Toda. Sounds like your toe, okay? Everybody put your hands out like this, okay? Toda literally means an extension of the hands in adoration. It's a vow or acceptance. It's a thank you, okay? Also, this is known as a sacrifice of praise. And by way of application, um, in the Psalms and elsewhere, it's used for thanking God for things that are not yet received, for in my future. Lord, I thank you for things in my future and to thank you for things that have already happened in the past. You can relax your hands. Uh, toe dog can be done in many ways. This is not the only way. So, okay, it's raising your hands, holding your hands, acceptance. Okay, it's just this way. All right, you can bring them up high too. You're accepting. 
Um, but giving thanks ahead of time is our biggest sign of faith. And this is where we learn it is actually in the toda position. It also, toda is another word for praise. Um, oh, let me get there. Sorry. There we go. Okay. Um, we thank him before we see the evidence of the future. Um, another great thing about toda is the right hand. We don't really realize the significance of the right hand, but in scripture, well, okay, in today's society, we use our right hand for an agreement, a handshake, hello, okay? But in Old Testament time, the right hand uh, was the closest thing to a seal or a deal that people could make. Um, oh, let, me get, let me skip, hold on. Um, the right hand, hand symbolizes covenant with the Father. And so as we go through the scripture, we see God extends his right hand to me, and he says, all that I am is yours. And then I extend my hand to him, and I say, all that I am is yours, and I agree with what you're saying. And so in the Old Testament also, it talks about a vow, a sign, a promise. We were making vows today. We were saying, Lord, I want you to... Um, I trust you. I want to serve you while we were singing. Those are the vows we make. It's unusual devotion of expression. It's a commitment that we make, and it's voluntary, and we're singing it to him. But Toda, I want to talk about just a little bit with the sacrifice of praise. Sometimes when we come in here, we don't feel like singing. We've had a really bad week, and oh, it's all I can do to even sit in my chair and get through the door. But that's when... Our faith rises the greatest. When we're going through our trials, we say, Lord, Father, I thank you that your word is true. I thank you that even though I feel like garbage today or I have been fired from my job, I'm going to be here in church and I'm going to worship you today. And our carnal minds think it's totally ridiculous to do this when you're feeling horrible. But there's great faith in Toda praise. It changes the atmosphere because it becomes a sacrifice. And in the sacrifice of praise is where God starts to move in our hearts. Okay, let's move. Um, I just threw these up here. Um, we're going to pass because i got a lot to cover today. But if, if you can see, I just want you guys to see where... There's a lot more praise toda in the Bible than we think. So remember, well, how many were there? How many? How many? Thirty-two toda praises, and that's not a lot, but we use a lot now. All right, let's move forward and go to another one. Okay. Yada. Everybody say yada. yada. All right. Now, we have come into his, uh, we've entered his gates with thanksgiving, and now we're going to enter his courts with praise. So we go from here to here. It shifts, okay? Um, yada, it's an extension of the hand, okay? It, it goes along with toda, because they share the root verb, okay? Um, and it means to throw out like a stone or an arrow. And so we can't see what we're doing in the spirit. You think maybe I'm up here being a crazy woman, but man, I am throwing out. 
I don't know what's coming out of my hands, but I know God sees it. <laughs> it's praise. Um, we're lifting your hands intensively. Everybody just throw out your right hand. Just throw it up. Bam. You're sending out praise to the Father, but you're also in absolute surrender and sacrifice. It is a sign of thanksgiving. Let's read a verse. Let the people praise you. They'll turn away from their idols. And yada also means surrender. It goes along with toda. I'll give thanks to you, O God, and let all the people praise you. Praise you. They put their hands up, and then they stay there, and then they stay there. They knew how to praise the worship teams of the past. Um, here, let's read one more. I give thanks unto you, O Jehovah, among my people, and I will sing my praises to you among my nations. So this, this scripture is telling us, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to show with my hands that I praise you in front of the people that I know, among my people, and also when I go out into the world to the people I don't know. They're going to know who I am because of how I praise you and live my life during the day. Good. All right, here's the hard one. Everybody say hello. Hello. I love this one. Amen. Okay. Halal is a primary root word for praise. Have you ever heard of a hallelujah? Okay. As a kid, we used to sing that song, hallelujah, 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 praise ye the Lord. And we go faster and faster and faster and yell and scream. That was the beginning of halal for me as a kid, and I didn't even know it. The crazier I got, the more fun it was. But it's, the song had its own definition in it, hallelujah means praise the Lord. So whenever we sing it, a lot of times in church we sing words, but we really don't know what they mean. But you are truly saying, whenever you're doing a hallelujah, you are saying praise the Lord. And this is probably difficult, but we're getting there. To be clamorously foolish, to be bright and clear, to use sound and color. Now, how would you use color? Well, if you learn some more, you'd learn flags later brings color, brings color. And light, we use light. We're learning. We're slowly starting to learn to flash for light with your body. You ever, uh, that song, Katy Perry, Firework, Baby, you're a firework. And that video, she's got fireworks coming out of her chest. And I always think of that when I think of halal. I'm just like, yeah, Satan, take that. That's how I feel. I do. I just, ooh, I've, the power comes from to rave. I'm a 90s girl. I've been to a few raves, and, you know, and I love to praise so much that you're sweating. This is halal, all right? You're celebrating with uncontained emotion. It's joy from head to toe. You're using body language to make a show. Now, I'm an extrovert, so this might be easier for me, but for an introvert, this is a little more difficult. But God commands us to praise him this way, 165 times. When you think this, this is normal, this is relaxing, I'm comfortable here. But 165 times we cannot say, nope, that's not for me. We have to say, okay, oh, I don't even know what number eight does. Help me, Tom. <laughs> and so... You might not be able, like, I wouldn't know what to do. I think it chips. I don't know. It looks like it would chip something. But 
Um, that's how maybe you feel about halal. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, here we go. Woo! But we're going to try it together, okay? Amen. I'm proud of you guys. Oh, I don't even... Tom, I'm totally putting these in wrong, too. I have to learn that. But have you guys tried to imagine, like, a praise pit? Have you ever seen people just dancing in a big blob? That's why we have this up here. It's for the freedom of halal. So you can start to stretch yourself a little bit, okay? Um, halal is totally visual. And it feels very awkward for a lot of us. And so I just want to encourage you... Um, I'm going to skip this one. You start seeing halal, it's a command. This one, halal the Lord, God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty expanse, the firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his greatness. Praise him with the psalteries and the harps, the flutes. That's a psaltery, okay? And the clarinets, the timbrel, uh, it's percussion and dance. The stringed instruments, the organs. That's piano, and the organs were... Um, Tom, help me. Can't remember. I think they're, oh well, we'll skip it. Loud symbols, high sounding symbols, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Halal. So look at all those times in 150. It's a command. We have to start using our bodies. And it feels so awkward, but God will honor every tiny step you take. Um, so it's a command, it's not a suggestion. We just have to start getting there together. Oh, you know what? Can I go backwards? Can you go backwards one? I'm sorry. Small with the dot. Oh, thank you. Okay. I'm just going to leave it. We're not going to move forward. But because I want to talk about halal just a little bit. When the Ark of the Covenant was coming back into the city of Jerusalem, and we've all heard the story, David is dancing like crazy out of his clothes, and he's praising God, and he looks like an idiot. <laughs> And he's just, and the, and the queen, Michael's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Okay. And she comes up to him, and she's like, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today. And she looked at him with disdain, and she said, you're shamelessly exposing yourself. And David replies, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. He gets righteously angry. And he appointed to me to be the leader of Israel. And so I will celebrate the Lord. And he just says, no, I'm not going to give an excuse for my praise. And he says, yes, I am willing to look even more foolish, even more undignified. I'm willing to be humiliated in my own eyes. So Michael, his wife, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. She was barren because she judged his worship. Okay, and so um, we've all experienced this. We've all been Michael. I, as a kid, I used to think, man, that's kind of cruel, God, because I used to make fun of my worship leader. He would stand, he had his guitar, and he would sing and dance. And I was like, man, you are kind of weird. And I brought a friend today, and you're embarrassing me. <laughs> I remember I was a teenager once, and I did not. He was out of my box, and he made me uncomfortable. And I'm ashamed to say my whole family, we called him the flyboy worship leader. I did. And do you know what, though? He became one of Indianapolis's 
most beloved vineyard worship leaders. And he broke chains. And he didn't even know he was breaking chains off of me as I sat there and scorned him. So try with your heart to wash this. Because we don't want to be spiritually barren either. We don't want to close our hearts to um, this wild form of praise because we have contempt in our hearts and, and we don't understand it. It's okay not to understand, but David was known as a man after God's own heart because he knew how to praise intimately and demonstratively. Okay? He had to be willing to become humiliated in his own eyes because God commanded a halal praise. So just take that to heart. We're going to grow together, right? Okay, so later, maybe next, well, not next week, but oh, yes, next week at the park, we, you might feel a little more free to get a little crazy, okay? So next week, we'll practice at the park. Tahila. Everybody say Tahila. Does sound like tequila, but it's way better, okay? Tahila, all right? This is all about your voice, and today Mike did an incredible job, and I just cannot believe this happened today. I was like, Jesus, you're so good. Um, your voice is the only voice on the planet. Do you realize that, that God created? You alone can only speak to God through your voice. No one else can do that for you. It is a special instrument that the Lord made just for you. And only your praise can be made with it. And so I love it um, that this is probably one of the most personal praises. Tehillah is 57 times in the Old Testament. Um, the singing of halals, praises, to sing, mostly singing, Hymns of the Spirit or praise, it incorporates God's glory. And I'll share why in just a moment. God inhabits this kind of praise. Okay, so I'm going to fast forward here for just a moment. So, but just so you guys understand, when we were, when uh, towards the end of service and we're just singing and all the, there was nothing on the screen, these are the Tehillah praises. This is when Tehillah, we call it on our worship team, open worship. Okay, that's when we just sing from our heart what's in, Lord, I love you. I think you're wonderful. I thank you for saving me today. God, you are king. We put you higher above all names. That's Tehillah praise. It's your praise directly to the Lord. Okay, so um, I don't want to read this, but I want to mention, and because this happened today, my dad got deliverance today during Tehillah praise. The garment of praise is Tehillah praise. And when you praise the Lord and you give him, that breaks off the spirit of heaviness, the spirit of depression. So if you're having a cruddy day or you're, you're anxious, it's Tehillah praise that breaks that off of you. That's when you make. So I think this is the most special praise. And I think it's, I have two favorites and this is one of them. Tehillah praise breaks depression. Where's pass? We're going to pass. Oh, um, this is where it says God inhabits the praises of his people. So when we start praying and we start, um, everybody just kind of holds that, um, that 
peaceful moment and we just sing our praises to him, that's when the Lord releases a next level of worship. Um, the word inhabit or enthroned, okay, it means to judge and ambush. And this is where spiritual warfare starts happening in worship immediately. And this is where lives start changing. Um, God comes down and sits himself on his throne, the throne of your heart, and he judges the enemies that are surrounding you. And the Japanese translation of Psalm 23 is, when you praise God, he brings a big chair and he sits there. <laughs> Isn't that cool? <laughs> He's comfortable. Think about God sitting in a big easy chair, okay? A few weeks ago, I felt like the Lord gave a word that... Um, he wanted to come sit on the throne of our hearts or in my living room, and my couch was messy. And I just saw the Lord push everything off my dirty couch and just sit down right in the middle of my living room and sit down with me. He's comfortable in our praise because no one else can produce this kind of praise. Only you. The worship team can't make you sing. Only you can. And so God, when he says, oh, that's my kid. Mm, just going to hang out here in isolation and hang out with you. He gets all, mm, and then he gets, because mm, he's like, that's my kid, and I'm going to protect him. And that's when things start changing. The enemy cannot defeat you because God cannot be overthrown from his throne in your heart. Okay? All right, here's a fun one. I always think of Sam when I think of this word. Everybody say Shabak. Shabak. It means to shout, to address in a loud tone, to command to triumph. You're unashamed. It's a testimony of praise. It's not just with words, but your whole body roars for the spirit. Okay? Um, let's read this. It's our job to teach Shabbat to the next generation. And so as adults, we are learning to praise. It's such, um, it's a proclamation of praise. And we're bringing judgment and we're bringing um, peace and we're bringing faith into the sanctuary and into the atmosphere when you shout out your praise. Um, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Shabbat transcends geography. It's a holy roar, and it reaches from one generation to the next. So um, this holy roar is not self-contained. Um, it's, it's not just praise for the purpose of pumping up a crown. I'm like, yeah, yeah, even though there's some fun in that, but that is not the purpose of Shabbat. It's for passing on faith from one generation to the next. And that is why that holy roar comes out. It's a shout. Um, our, the future church is waiting for the sound of Shabbat. And our job is to share it with others. Um, the most vivid cultural Shabbat that I've ever witnessed was on TV. And it happened in 2016. It was a gathering of 5 million people. It was recorded the seventh largest gathering in human history. And at one point, the crowd gave this full body, full volume shout, at the top of their lungs. It was recorded as a sonic boom. It was a unified colossal roar. 
Anybody know what that was? 2016? It was in Chicago. The Cubs World won the World Series. <laughs> Major League Baseball. The whole world, world saw that on TV. A Shabbat of praise. Maybe they were praising the wrong thing, but man, that's the feeling that Shabbat does. It changed the atmosphere. When the Israelites were marching around Jericho. So now you kind of understand this sound. The holy roar, it gets so intense, it creates a sonic boom in the spirit, okay? And so it just starts when, you, when Sam shouts, I just feel the Shabbat in the, in the room. It's a praise. Oh, it's good. All right, we're going to skip on, skip on. Everybody say Barak. Barak. This one is the hardest form of worship for America. Um. Since the founding of our country, we told uh, King George, we will never bow to anyone. And so now it's very hard for our culture to bow to the king of kings because it is not part of us. The Asian culture, bowing is the ultimate respect. When you meet someone, immediately bow. Um, and if you're sorry in Asian culture, you get low. The lower you are, the more respect you are giving the other person. Middle Eastern countries, they understand bowing. Um, the Muslims, they bow with their head to the ground. This is actually a Christian person, but they bow with their head to the ground five times a day, unashamed. No matter where they are, if they're in the marketplace, they lay down their stuff and they turn towards the east and they bow and they praise their God. But we as Americans struggle with this because it's not a part of our culture. In Jewish culture, it was very common. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel all made bi biblical history because of their bowing. Right? Those are huge stories in the Bible. Let's look at some scripture. Oh, come. Oh, where are you? Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us rock before the Lord our God, our maker. It's part of our worship, but we struggle with it because I'm in my pretty dress and I don't want to get down on the floor. I don't want to look undignified. It's very hard. We're very prideful. Um, David, in First Chronicles, he told all of Jerusalem, bow before your king. And they bowed low, down on their faces. And Psalm 34, 1 says, I will barack the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be on my mouth. But, and here's the best thing. I don't think I have a picture of this. I don't. But um, bowing is not just to bring um, us humility. It's not just for humbling ourselves. It's actually for preparation. And... Um, I think this is kind of the coolest story with Jesus. But um, any king, when they are being coronated, is that the right word? Coronation, their coronation, they must bow. I'm sorry, I'm going to bow. Okay, here we go. Don't get old. And they have to be anointed with oil. Okay? In the, in the Old Testament, they were anointed with oil. But they had to bow low. And in Jewish culture, and for us, when we bow down to humility, the Lord anoints us for the next phase. 
of your life. So um, maybe it's your ministry, Mike. <laughs> maybe it's work. You got a new job. Maybe it's school, gang. Um, the Lord, when you bow low, the Lord is giving you a fresh anointing for your next part, your next season. Um, we're yielding to the king for our next assignment when we're on our knees. Um, I don't think I said how many times Barak is in the Bible 333 times. 333 in the Old Testament alone, okay? So this was important to God because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble, and he gives us grace for the next season. Pardon me? Okay, when Jesus goes, this is a cool story. When Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, it's recorded for the first time. We know that Jesus kneeled more than once, <laughs> but this is the first time that it's recorded in the Bible that Jesus kneels, and it's the Garden of Gethsemane when he's pouring out his heart to the Lord, and he's about to go to the cross. That is when the Lord anoints him and builds him up, sends angels to oh, went, or minister to him. It's a very private, intimate time with you and the Lord when you're bowing. And so God gave Jesus the grace in those precious moments of ultimate surrender and humility, the strength to carry out the cross. Whew, it's good. Okay, so I'm going to read a story to you. Worship team, can you guys come up? This is from Second Chronicles 20, and um, we can actually turn, turn this off. Power, just top one, Tom. Okay. I'm not sure how to turn them off. Okay. I'm just going to read to you guys. Um, this is in Second Chronicles 20, and it incorporates all the forms of Hebrew praise. If you want to go to your Bible, it's 2 Chronicles 20. The Moabites and Ammonites and some Muonites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. And some people came out and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming to you from the other side of the Dead Sea. And alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire from the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. And the people of Judah came together to seek the Lord, and indeed they came from every town in Judah to seek him. And Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah, in the middle of the church, <laughs> in the middle of the temple, in front of the courtyard, and he said, Jehoshaphat began to toda praise. Everybody toda. Toda this way, right? He reminded God of his promises, the past and the future. Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who's in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms and nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel gave it to forever the descendants of Abraham? They lived in it, and they built a sanctuary for your name. If calamity comes upon us, whether by sword or judgment, by plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before the temple that bears your name, and we will cry out. In, your, in our distress, God, we will cry out the Shabbat praise. And you will hear us and save us. God, we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And all the men of Judah, with their wives and their children and their little ones, stood still. 
and they stood and waited for the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, a Levite, and stood in the assembly, and he received a prophetic word from the Lord. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all you who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Tomorrow, he says, march down against them. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, stand tall, and stand still, he said. See that the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow. The Lord will be with you. So Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground. He barocked, and all the people of Israel fell down with their face to the ground, and they were getting ready for the anointing. They were receiving the anointing for the next battle. And some of the Levites stood up and started halaling. They started praising the Lord God of Israel with a loud Shabbat cry and praising because they believed that God was going to deliver them. And early in the morning as they set out, Jehoshaphat said, Listen to me. Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in your God and you will be upheld. Have faith. You will be successful. And after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing halals and dance before the Lord and praise Yada. For him, they sent out the dancers in front. And they went ahead of the army saying, Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And as they began to sing, they shifted into Tehillah praise. And the Lord set ambushes against the men. Now this is wild. They were out here having a praise pit, a praise party. And all their enemies are surrounding them on every side. The Lord said ambushes. Well, guess what? These guys ended up attacking these guys over here. Israelites are just having fun over here, praising the Lord. And the men and women and children are just in the middle, standing still. It gets even crazier. They, they just start destroying each other. And they start slaughtering each other. And then at the end... They all start killing each other and killing themselves. And Israel's back here just, thank you, Jesus. Thank, well, not Jesus then, but thank you, God. Thank you, God. And when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert, when they finally get there, they look down, and the vast army, they only saw dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found a great amount of equipment and clothing and articles of value. It, they had so much plunder, they couldn't take it back to their camp. It took them three days to collect all the spoils. And so not only does the father want to defeat your enemy, he wants to bless you and bring you into your next level. Okay? On the fourth day... They all assembled back together, and they named the valley the Valley of Barak, where they bent down and praised the Lord. And it is still called the Valley of Barak to this day, where they kneeled before the Lord. Jehoshaphat and all the men of Judah rejoiced. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple, and they celebrated with the harps and lyres and trumpets with Zamar praise. The fear of the fear of God came on all the other countries around them when they heard the Lord had fought 
for the Israelites. The kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for God had given him rest on every side, and all he had to do was praise. Will you guys stand with me? Maybe just all I did was praise. All I did was did was worship. All I did was bow down. And all I did was stay still. You have something that's maybe going on in your life and you're facing a giant, you're facing a an uncertain time. Maybe you have a class that terrifies you. Maybe you have a boss that is just on you constantly. Or maybe you're in a fight with a family member, husband or wife, or you're not happy at home. All I do, God, you're going to fight my battles. All I did was bow down. All I did was stay still. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come back. 
and you call it my victory. Oh. And you throw up your yada hands. Yada, we praise you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you all the praise. Was praise. All I did was worship. All I have to do is give it to you. All I did was bow down. All I did was stay God, we, Lord, we thank you for giving us the tools to praise you more intimately. God, we thank you for the tools to fight the battles. Lord, I think that you go before us. Lord, I thank you for your hand upon us, your right hand reaching to us, Lord. Lord, we give you permission to bring new revelation into our hearts about praising you. God, we want to praise you like you have asked us to. So God, would you give us the courage to step out and try new things with you? Lord, you're our Father, and I know you're happy with every, every attempt we make to love and communicate with you. So Father, we thank you now. Just put your hands in the toad opposition. Lord, I thank you. We accept your love, Lord. We accept your grace for the next assignment. Father, we go out this week, Lord, doing your will. Lord, let us see ways. Bring our eyes open to new times to praise you. With the people we know and with the people we don't know, Lord, let us be your eyes, your hands, your feet, your lips to the world. Thank you, Jesus. We go in your mighty presence and by your mighty hand. And everybody said, amen. We love you, Lord. Let's sing.